talking about God at work, and this morning we're going to be talking about God at work empowering people's lives. That's really one of the works of the Holy Spirit is He works in people's lives and He empowers them with exactly what they have need of. Throughout Jesus' ministry, He prepared His disciples for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Like a good teacher, He doesn't tell them everything. He kind of gives them a little bit at a time. He kind of begins to draw them a little bit at a time and reveal to them a little bit at a time. But as he began to teach them, he taught them about the Father's plan. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7, he said, I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Can you imagine anything better than walking with Jesus and having him right by your side? I want you to think about that for a minute. I mean, he raised people from the dead. He healed people who were blind. He set people free. He did all kinds of miracles. He, you know, he fed the 5,000. I can't imagine, if I'm one of the disciples, just hanging out with a guy like that. You know that you're okay. It's going to be good because Jesus is there. But Jesus says, it's good for you that I'm going away. Because if I go, I'll send the counselor to you. You see, the Spirit will dwell inside of you, is what Jesus is saying to them. It's nice that I'm with you. Whenever you guys go out on the water by yourselves and I'm not there, your whole world begins to shake whenever a storm comes along. And I have to come walking down on the water to meet you. I have to walk on the waves to show you that I'm still with you, that I still care about you. But he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to dwell inside of you. He's going to be with you. Jesus also spoke of the Spirit's work when he said in John chapter 7, verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit. I want you to underline it in your Bible. Whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to this time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. The first thing we want to talk to you about today is a promise for the thirsty. How many of you have ever really been thirsty? Like really, really, really. Like you would drink out of a puddle. You were so thirsty. Like a mud puddle, you'd be down there slurping up the water. You were so thirsty. Well, Jesus tells them that streams of living water are going to flow out of them. So Jesus is telling them that the Spirit of God is going to break forth from within them. To a person who is thirsty, it's wonderful to get a drink. Some of these guys who play sports, there's times where they're just so thirsty that they could drink a half a gallon of water at, at one shot. Or, or if you've been out working all day in the sun and you're just you're dying of thirst, as it were. Jesus says to those who are thirsty that they can come to him. And he says that from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It's nice to get a drink from outside, but can you imagine being in a place where you never have to go out again to get a drink? That it's going to come from 
inside of you. That's how Jesus describes what's going to happen in their lives as the Spirit flows out of them, as the Spirit comes upon them. Now, right before Jesus ascended, during the 40 days between the time that he rose from the dead and the time when he ascended, the writer of the book of Acts records Jesus' last words that we have that are recorded. And that's Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And it says this, On one occasion, while they were eating, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. What did Jesus tell them to wait for? What is it? A gift? What does he say to us specifically about the gift? What gift is it? It's the Holy Spirit, but a little bit more from that text. It's what? It's the promised, and who promised it? His Father. He says, I want you to wait. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem. He's sitting there with them. He knows that they're anxious. He says, do not leave town. Can you imagine if I came to you and said, don't leave the building yet, but wait for the gift. We have some, you know, people are like, ah. Uh, you know, I'm sure that there were some who that day walked out. I'm sure there were some who, who missed out on the gift. But he says, I want you to don't even leave town. Wait for the gift. It's a gift, first of all. And it, the gift is the gift that my father promised. Okay? That's what Jesus says. This is the gift that I've been talking to you about. This is what I've been explaining to you about. This is not something weird. This is not something strange. This is something from my father. Notice what he says. And you, what you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water. He's talking about John the Baptist. Baptizing to repentance. Okay? And people came to John in the wilderness, and they were baptized by John. And, and he says, for John baptized with water, Jesus submitted himself to John's baptism. What happened when Jesus submitted himself to John's baptism? What, what was the visible sign? A dove, a dove came, a, a symbolic of the Holy Spirit came and, and rested upon him. And so what we find here, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can I say to somebody that you need to take that word in a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you need to take that word as a word from God today. Some of you have been praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've been questioning about the Holy Spirit. You've been wondering about this promise. Can I say to you that in a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. As I read that portion of Scripture just now, the Spirit quickened me to tell you that in a few days, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if you're here today, I want you to start, when we preach the Word to you, I want you to grab a hold of that like it's a lifeline. I want you to reach out and grab a hold of that and say, Lord, I receive that. I will take that. I believe, God, that you desire to give me the gift that the Father promised. And I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to, I'm going to trust you for that. Now, notice what happens. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They're not getting it. Jesus is teaching them stuff, and it's like going over top of their head. It doesn't make sense. Well, Lord, okay, are you restoring the kingdom of Israel? Or are we going to have, like, high positions? Are we going to kick out the Romans? 
What's happening, Lord? Is now the time? Is, is this the time right now? And Jesus says to them, It's not for you to know the times or the dates. The Father has set by his own authority. But I will tell you this. That's what he's saying. Some of these details that you're concerned about, some of the, well, how's this going to look and how's this going to work and where do I fit in and what's going to take place here? A lot of us get caught up in some of the details. We're so fixated on certain things that we want God to do. And so we get caught up in the details of, I want you to work it this way, and and I want to look this way, and and I want it to sit this way, and I I want it to go just how I have these plans, God, and you know my plans, God, and so why don't you fall in line and make my plans work? He says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but I will tell you this, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are going to receive power. You are going to be charged. You are going to be fired up. You are going to be empowered by the Spirit. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I would like you to notice that these words are the very words of Jesus. How many of you have the red-lettered edition Bible? Are those letters in red? Whose words are they? When are they spoken? Right before he ascends to heaven. Now, if you're leaving this earth, you're not going to be talking about how were the Phillies, hope the Phillies win this weekend. That's not going to be your focus. The focus is something that's really important. It's to Jesus, what was really important is this empowerment of the Holy Spirit, this gift that the Father has for them, this gift of the Holy Spirit. That, you know, the question is, well, will God give me good things? And, and if he asked for bread, the question was, if, if he asked for bread, would he give you a stone? If he asked for fish, would he give you a live serpent? No. Your Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts to His children. And so there's sometimes, there's many people in the church today who get a little weirded out or freaked out. And they're like, I don't understand about the work of the Holy Spirit. But just Jesus very clearly is pro-Holy Spirit. Alright? He is 100% for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He told His guys, don't even leave town. Stay right here. It's coming. All right? That's what I want to say to you. Stay right here. Don't leave town. Don't be in a hurry to run out. Wait, because he has this promise of empowerment for you and for me today. That would indicate to me that the words of Jesus, that they're important and I ought to listen to them. The first thing I want you to notice about this scripture is that Jesus gave a command. He didn't give a suggestion. A command is an order. It's a directive. He said, don't leave. Do not leave. Nobody leave the room. All right? That's what he's saying. You know, a lot of times people kind of think, seriously, sit down. Nobody leave. Okay? We have a friend who's a pastor. I've heard him uh, that he says, nobody leave the room. Now, ushers at the doors. They don't, you, you don't get to, whenever he's given an altar call, 
You don't get to get up and walk out if you want to. Uh, you don't get to move around and stuff. It's sit down. This is Holy Spirit time. God's at work here. Don't you disrupt that. And the reality of it is, is Jesus gave him a command. Don't leave town. This is so important. Wait for the promise. It's for you. It's, it's this, for the, this is something that the disciples should look forward to. Something they should expect and something they should anticipate. Because your Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts to those who ask Him. Jesus goes on to say that John baptized with water. He says, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So as I said, we can clearly see that Jesus is all for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The second point is it's a promise of power. Jesus tells them that when the Spirit comes upon them, they will receive power. They will receive an ability, a strength. Who said this? Jesus said it. And he says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will be endued with power. You'll be endued with power. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, hear me, lives inside of you, inside of me. Now, death could not hold him down. The grave could not keep him. Do you understand the potential that lives and dwells inside of you as a believer and as a follower of Jesus Christ? This death, hell, and the grave have already been conquered by Jesus Christ. The same spirit that raised him from the dead lives inside of me. You have unimaginable power and strength and anointing dwelling inside of you already. It's already there. It is already inside of you. He already dwells inside of you. Death, hell, and the grave were defeated by the Spirit of God. And he says, it's good I'm going away, because when I go away, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to flow out of you. Friend, you have no idea how much power already lives and dwells inside of you because of the Spirit of God. Unlimited. You ever see those stories like caught on tape or, or like a Reader's Digest story? I used to read them when I was a kid. They always had really neat stories and dramas, you know. And, and it'll be like a 105-pound mom. The car fell on her husband. And the one who didn't like her husband, she just like let it go. She couldn't lift it. But the one who really liked hers... Uh, or there, something happened to their kid, car would fall on them, or some kind of crazy thing. And like a 110-pound girl would go out and lift the car off. And you're like, it's impossible. And we say, well, that's adrenaline. Yeah. It's incredible what a person's body can do when they get afraid. It's incredible how when adrenaline flows through them, the incredible feats of strength or power that a person that you look at I remember I went to school with the kid, and he had uh, he was in a wreck on a motorcycle uh, and ran over a bank. He tore out his knee. His knee was gone. And he put his brother on his back. He put his brother on his back and walked a mile. His brother was unconscious. And he, he put his brother on his back and walked a mile. He couldn't walk afterwards. His knee was completely shot. But he walked down the road to get help. How does that happen? What's something what adrenaline will do? 
But we got something better than adrenaline. Jesus says that my spirit will come and it will live inside of you. And so his spirit can heal bodies. So when you lay hands on people who are sick, he says, my power will come upon you. When you face temptation, hear me. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Some of you are facing obstacles that you say, this is too hard. Yeah, you're right. It's too hard for you. But not when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you. Not when you become empowered. And that's what Jesus, that's why Jesus says this is so important that you receive, that you receive this promise of power. I want to say this to you. It's not you. Look at the person next to you and say, it's not me. It's not you, it's the Spirit of God that is resident inside of you. Greater is He that is living in me than He that is in the world. Do you realize that? Greater is He, greater is the one who is living inside of me than He that is in the world. When God is at work in people's lives, He empowers them. On the day of Pentecost, they were all together in the upper room when they heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind. What do we say the wind is indicative of? The Spirit. The Spirit. The Spirit began to fill that place. And tongues of fire began to rest upon the people. And the Bible said that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It says that now there were God-fearing Jews from all over, and they were amazed because they heard them praising God in their own language. But friend, it wasn't just the speaking in tongues or the cloven tongues of fire or the mighty rushing wind. The power of the Holy Spirit came and rested upon all of them. And Peter, the disciple, here's a wonderful case study. Peter the disciple, who, I've said this a thousand times, Peter the disciple, who a few weeks before was ashamed of Jesus at the time when he said, I'll never deny you. I'll die for you. Jesus warns him what's coming. Hey, look out. This is coming your way. All these other slackers back off. I understand. I won't deny you. Peter, the one who pulled out his sword and cut off the servant's ear, Yet he denies Jesus before a little slave girl. The same one who, and you got to understand, in their society, in their day, slaves were not very valuable. Young teenage girls were not very important. They didn't hold a real high place in society. She was a slave. And yet Peter denies Jesus before her. And there on the day of Pentecost, the power of the Spirit came upon them. Peter stands up. And he preaches a message, and people's hearts were quickened. And in one day, 3,000 people were added to the church. Then the Spirit begins to move upon people, and people begin to sell their possessions and give to those in need. That is the power of the Holy Spirit at work, to the point the Scripture says there was not a single needy person in their bunch. Can you imagine that? There was not a single person who had need. That's the power of the Holy Spirit at work. In Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way to the temple to pray. And a crippled beggar is begging for alms. 
And Peter says to him, God, what confidence. I want to say this to you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, some of you who feel insecure, some of you who struggle with self-worth or abilities, when the Spirit comes upon you, He flows through you. He will give you a boldness and a confidence to speak in ways and to say things and to move and to operate in ways that you would naturally not be able to do. And what he does, he comes upon, the Spirit comes upon him, and Peter looks at this man, and he's begging for alms, and he says, fix your eyes right here. He's serious about this guy. And this is what he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. I mean, he put it on the line. And he was saying, look, he didn't say, I'll pray for you later on. He said, look here, fix your eyes on me. You look right here. I got something for you. What does he have for him? He has the spirit of God that is living inside of him and dwelling inside of him. And he says, what I have, I can give to you. In the name of Jesus, you rise up and walk. And it says that instantly. The man's feet and his ankle bones were strengthened, and he jumped up, he leaped to his feet, and he went leaping and jumping and dancing and praising the Lord. And everyone in that temple area saw this miraculous event taking place. What was it? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say? You'll receive power. You'll receive another idea with power is authority. That when the Spirit comes on us, that we can speak to things that are not as though they were. The Spirit has creativity. The Spirit was at work in creation. It was hovering over the face of the deep. And there's a, I believe with all my heart, that as the Spirit comes upon us, that we can speak things that are not as though they were. We've been given divine authority. Whenever people pray, that you can pray about things that are not there and God will bring them to pass. You can pray over relationships where they're broken and there's no love and the Spirit of God can restore that. There's people who have sickness or disease and the Spirit of God can heal those things that are a lifetime of being lame, a lifetime of begging, a lifetime of being a cripple. And at the spoken word, rise in the name of Jesus. This man was healed instantaneously. That's the power of the Spirit. In Acts 5, God worked in such a powerful way, healing the sick. The people brought the sick. And as Peter walked by, the Bible says that his shadow fell upon them, and they were healed. Can you imagine that? As he walked by, his shadow It also in Acts 5, when the apostles were arrested for preaching Jesus, they were thrown into jail. But even a locked prison cell with guards at the door could not keep them down. For an angel came in the night and led them out. Jesus made it very clear. You will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. The power is just not to speak in other tongues, although that's a a wonderful thing. The Word says that when we pray in the Spirit, we edify ourselves. We build ourselves up in the most holy faith. Okay? There's more power than that. It's a power to be a witness. It's the power to live an overcoming life. It's power to endure hardship with joy. 
It's power to say no to ungodliness. And then a promise with a purpose. Our third point. Jesus clearly says that you'll receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. You will be empowered. You will be given authority. Before God wants you to live an overcoming life. Everybody has their story. I remember in 19... 19, I think it was 84. 84, 83. I was at... One of the things I want to make clear. When God fills people with the Holy Spirit, there's some biblical patterns that as leaders lay hands upon them and pray for them, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. There's other biblical patterns, but I want you to know that God works in a way, in mysterious ways. God works in... He doesn't follow necessarily... You think you get the plan and the agenda down, and God's going to hes gonna show up in a fresh new way. So I, when we talk about this, I don't want it to be, sometimes people think, well, okay, it has to be a particular way. It has to be, I have to sing four songs. You know, over here to the right, someone's been praying for 20 minutes, and, and they start, we lay hands on them at that moment, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. God can fill you with the Holy Spirit when you're driving to work, just praying. God can fill you with the Holy Spirit as you lay in your bed at night. He can fill you with the Holy Spirit as as you're sitting in your chair. He can fill you with the Holy Spirit when you're walking down the street. He can fill you at home. He can fill you on the road. He can fill you on your job. Wherever you're at, He has the ability to reach His people and pour out His Spirit. What He's looking for is someone whose heart is attentive to Him. That's what He's looking for. He's looking for someone whose heart is attentive and looking towards him. So I remember that day I was away from God. I was standing at youth convention of Potomac District. Heard me tell the story before. I'm on the very back row. The very back row in this whole thing. There's a couple thousand people there probably. It seemed like it was it seemed pretty big. Maybe it was, it was a bigger crowd than we were used to at church. I was sitting on the back row, I was actually cursing. On the back row, I was I was away from God. I'm sitting in church at a youth convention, I'm cursing, talking to my friends, messing around. But the Spirit of God was at work. See, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you've done or where you come from. When God's Spirit begins to move, He has a way of sending waves of His Spirit that wash over people. Washing over them. It's like a tidal wave sometimes that you can't stop. As we were standing there that day, I I remember they gave the altar call. My heart was hard to the Lord. I wanted to serve the Lord, but I, I did not have the ability to do that. I honestly thought, I, I honestly thought, I don't believe in predestination in the fact that God automatically sends people like they're predetermined to go to hell. Okay, you know, here's a heaven one, here's a hell one. Here, you know, and I don't believe that. I believe that God gives us, that he calls us, that he's put his anointing upon us. He, he desires all of us to turn to a place of repentance. But I do believe he sees in advance and he knows, he knows us. Anyhow, as I'm standing there, I used to think sometimes, well, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just not cut out for this. God would move upon me at church as a kid and I'd go to school the next day and I just did not have the ability to live for him. I wanted to, I did not have the ability. I'm sitting there and the spirit begins to move and my heart was hard and I felt that prickling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I had to sit there. And so they gave an altar call, and all kinds of people were up there worshiping and praising the Lord. And 
And some people go on to get saved, and you know how youth conventions are. And uh, and I'm still sitting in the back. And it was it'd been going on for a while. But as the Holy Spirit begins to move upon your heart, there's something about His kindness. It's His kindness that leads us to repentance. When you're in the presence of God, you're overwhelmed by this overwhelming sense of love and grace. And how can I keep resisting this love that he has for me? Yes, you're aware of your sinfulness, but you're more aware of the love and grace of God that's being poured out. And I remember standing there and feeling the Lord calling me. And, and so I stood up and I waited a while, waited a while, waited a while, waited a while. And it was almost like a magnet that began to pull me. And as, you know, it's like I stood up and I took one step. And as you take that one step, how did I get up here? But I had to take that one step. And it was like, by the time I got there, I had already repented. I think it was just that one step was my repentance. It was that standing up and moving out. That was my repentance before the Lord. But I got up there in my hands, put my hands up in the air. They were already up. I, I don't know why when you're in the presence of the Lord, though, it's like you, you, all you want to do is worship. There's, there's something about being in His presence that, that calls us to, to worship Him. And, and the tears are flowing down my face. And uh, as I stood there, I heard this something in my head. You know, sometimes the Spirit speaks to us. And it was, and it was just this question, why not now? Why not now? I just think, okay, if that guy's the Holy Spirit, someone has to shake me. And so, you know, they pray for me, their hand has to move, and they got to yell in my ear. And it was this thing, why not now? And Eric, I can't tell you about your experience. I can tell you about mine. And no one can take away my experience because it's mine with God. And the sense of why not now, it was weird because, I, you know, I was thinking, well, maybe I need to. And it was just the question again, why not now? And I knew about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the crazy thing, the Bible says, from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And as I began, the Holy Spirit began, and I didn't want this to be me. I believed it, but I didn't want it to be me. I didn't want to be fake. I didn't want something, I wanted want it to be emotion, something that I worked up. I didn't want it to be anything like that. What I wanted it to be was something authentic and real. And I don't, I don't want fake. I don't want, I want something that's real, God. And as I began, the Holy Spirit began to give me a, a it was literally a syllable or two. And as I began to open my mouth, because I was resisting that, because the Spirit was all over me. And there's a lot of you at times where the Spirit of God is all over you. You can feel Him. You can sense Him. He's so real you could touch Him. But as the Spirit of God began to, to come upon me, I remember standing there, and when I opened my mouth and let out those first syllable or two, it was like inside of my, in here, it was like, an eruption, an explosion inside of me. The thought would be this idea of priming a pump, like when you when you see a pump or and you prime it, and all of a sudden it sputters a little bit, and then all of a sudden it's like, just breaks forth. From inside of me, this joy and this peace, and the more I prayed in the Spirit, the more powerful it became. And when I was finished there, that wasn't finished, when I walked out of that building, as I began to pray in the Spirit, it was like, like I say, it was like an eruption inside of me. 
we don't base our theology upon our feelings, but I'll tell you what, it felt pretty good. When I walked out of there that day, the first thing we did when we got in the van, my butt didn't even sit in the, sit in the thing. I was sitting in the front seat, and I said, I got saved tonight. And the Lord baptized me in the Holy Spirit. When I got home, people knew who I was. The other kids knew how I was. When I got home, I went in the house, and Mom came down, and Mom met me there. And there were, the funny thing, there was a number of kids that I went to school with, too. The kids I went to school with got killed that night. One of my best friends was in a car wreck that night. And we come home that night, and we see the one car wreck. And I remember saying to Mom, Mom said, how did it go? I said, Mom, I got saved tonight. Mom said, I thought you were saved. I said, no, I've been lying. I ain't saved. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, Mom. When I went to school on Monday, the very first thing when I got on the bus, I sat with Joey, and I said, Joey, I got saved. I got saved this weekend at youth convention, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can I say something to you? We're not perfect after we're filled with the Holy Spirit. But the Word says that when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll receive power. Power to be a witness. Power to live an overcoming life. You'll receive authority to speak the sickness and disease. Can I say that most of us are living way below? We're living at poverty level when we have the power of the Holy Spirit living and dwelling inside of us. Many of you are here today, you're running on probably 15%. I don't mean to insult you, but you might even be lower than 15% of what you really, you know how they say the brain, you only use a small portion of your brain's ability. Well, friends, you only are experiencing a small portion of the Spirit's ability. Those prison doors couldn't hold them back. The angel came and delivered them. Sickness and disease could not stand in their way. And Peter, who was ashamed of Jesus and cursing his name, cursing him, cursing a few days before, now stands up and says, this is what they've been talking about. And he says this, that this promise is not just for you. Let me read that to you. They think they're drunk. Now, when, when the people, when the Holy Spirit comes upon people, there's going to be people who don't understand, who will criticize and make fun. That's what happened in the book of Acts. Okay? So there'll be people say, oh, they're a fanatic. On the day of Pentecost, just as his power was available to Peter and the disciples, his power is available to you and I. People thought they were drunk, and they thought, you know what, can I say this too? There's a lot of church people who, they substitute getting a buzz on a Friday night. Churches all across America, there's people who take a counterfeit. They go out and get a buzz on a Friday night so that they can feel good. And the Word says, don't be drunk with wine where it is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. What God wants for you and for me is for us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. See, I'm part of the far off crowd. We're part of those. He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. We're living in those last days. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the empowerment of the Spirit, how God is working in 
the church today is empowering his people. But the other thing is, what you'll notice is this. Across the world, the places where the church, people always want to say, well, the Christians in such and such a country, they do all of these sinful things. But one of them would be drinking. Church in Germany, yeah, they're like the biggest losers. They have one or two percent of their country as Christian. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm not going to follow the biggest loser, all right? I'm not going to pattern myself. Let's say this guy, he's the financial advisor. He usually loses about 98% of your investment. Would you guys like to invest with him? I don't want to follow a loser like that. I'm just being honest with you. I don't want to follow somebody who's failing. I want to find somebody who's winning, okay? Now, what we find is around the world where the church is growing, there's an emphasis upon two things. Holiness and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when those two things, when people start saying, God, I want to live holy before you. I don't want to compromise. I don't want to play around with sin. I don't want to live a carnal life. I don't want to live a half-hearted life. What you find is the Spirit of God begins to move in those countries and in those neighborhoods, and you find incredible growth. What is it? It's that people are saying, we ain't, I'm a Christian. I don't do that kind of stuff. I did that stuff before I was saved, but I'm saved now. I don't live that way anymore. And what they have is they have a powerful emphasis upon the person and the work and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And what we'll find is there's places like in Brazil, in one country, the Assemblies of God has two million believers in one city. One city, two million believers in the church. In the United States, we have three million in the whole United States. They got two million in one city. God's not limited to the Assemblies of God. But where the emphasis is upon the power of the Holy Spirit, you find the church or holiness in the power of the Holy Spirit. You find the church is growing. That's the people I want to learn from. That's the people I want to be like. So as we say, he says, this promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off. Can I say this to you? Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that if in a few days that you aren't filled with his spirit. He can do it to you right now. He can, he can pour out his spirit for you right now. As we're standing here, as you're kneeling, as you're praying, as you're dancing, as you're shouting. Usually he asks for us to kind of, to give him an opening in our lives. To give him a chance. If you need power, if you need power to live an overcoming life, if you need power to say no to sin, if you need power to obey the voice of the Lord, if you need power to be a witness, if you want to have authority, to be able to speak to sickness and disease and, and to, to pray when you pray, to pray as one with authority. Can I encourage you that it's yours because the Spirit of God lives inside of you. But He wants to overflow you. He wants to baptize you. That's the promise. So Father, today, I pray that as we finish out our morning, we invite the Holy Spirit to empower your people. I ask, Father, that they would plug into you and allow you, Lord, to speak to them and to minister to them. I pray that people would begin to seek you, begin to wait for you. When they come home, Lord, I pray they'd turn off their TV and go into their prayer closet there, Lord, and begin to say, Lord, I'm ready, I'm waiting for you. People begin to fast.
us to find a place at these altars and allow you to fill us. Lord, your word says his promises for you and your children and to all who are far off. So, Father, I pray that your people at Lighthouse would experience the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask this in Jesus' name.